This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Get stuffed. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Double Stuff Cinema. Um, this is episode 13. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm Andrew. I'm Neil. Uh, and I'm Shrey. And uh, we've got a pretty cool episode here today. Uh, we're doing something new. We are hosting the first annual Most Stuff Awards, which is, I guess, our version of the Oscars. Um, we've got our own categories, our own nominees, all separate from actual award shows. Um, all of our nominees in these categories were basically selected with the help of our guests from the past year. And this is basically our way to like recap um, the past year in movies, uh, award what we think should be awarded instead of what the Academy thinks. Because I think between all of us, we think there are some serious snubs in the nominations over there. So this is our way to recognize what we think should be recognized. So um, I think we're just going to get started here with our first category, which is Best Animated Feature. Uh, we have five nominees, Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World, The Lego Movie 2, the second part, and Klaus. So um, why don't we... Let's say, let's say what we think should be the winner, and then we can get into some debating to pick. Um, so, Neil, how about you go first? Um, I'm going to go for Toy Story 4. Uh, I saw that like, pretty recently, actually, So and I liked it a lot. So I think out of all of these, Toy Story 4 should win. All right. Andrew. All right. Uh, so I've only actually seen Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2. Um, actually, so for a lot of these categories, um, I'm, I think most of us are kind of going to be like partially seen the entire category, right? Yeah. Can we all agree on that sort of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely for a few of them. Yeah. So, so between the ones I've seen, I think Toy Story 4 was a better made movie for that category. Um, Ty, go ahead. Yeah, so um, just looking at all of these movies, I've actually seen all of them, and um, I would say that, um, like, I, How to Train Your Dragon and the second Lego movie, um, this is the third How to Train Your Dragon, they were, like, kind of letdowns, in a sense that, like, they, I don't think they were as good as the first couple or the first movie, in both respective cases. Um, and then Klaus, I think, was good, too, but it lacked um, some of, like, the uh, just the, like, you know, the scope of the other two, like Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2. Um, and I'd have to give it um, to Frozen 2. I know Toy Story 4 is a great movie, and I love it, but I'd have to give it to Frozen 2, um, and, and I'll explain that in a, in a second here. Trey, you want to give your top? Yeah, um, yeah so I saw all of these except for Klaus. Um, I agree with Tyler. I think Lego Movie 2 and How to Train Your Dragon 3 were pretty big letdowns for me, especially coming off of the creativity and like the amazing animation behind the first two. Uh, the animation got better it looked good but i feel like they took a step down in creativity which was really a letdown for me and i think same thing happened with frozen 2 for me um i don't think it was as good as the first um but it looked visually better so i actually gave all three of those three stars um and i would say toy story 4 was the best one out of that it really carried on the legacy of toy story really well and it made a case for it existing as a sequel so uh that's my pick um well, Tyler, why don't, why don't you yeah. tell us why you think Frozen is the, the overall better movie 
Frozen 2. Yeah, so um, I'd say that Frozen 2 is is the top animated movie simply because it expands upon the Frozen story in a pretty fun way. I'd say that it, like watching this movie um, and comparing it to the, you know the one in 2013, I like had like a lot of genuinely like funny moments that like you know like when Olaf sings and recaps the first movie for example. I actually really enjoyed that. I thought that was like one of the best parts of the movie, and I found that really interesting. Um, there's another song um, called "Lost in the Woods" that. Um, that uh, Christoph does um, that I think is, yeah. is like a parody of like an 80s love yeah. ballad. And I just, I love it. It's like one of my favorite Frozen songs to date. It is hilarious. And I think that like moments like that um, kind of elevated this movie. Um, I see the criticisms too, um, like the no clear villain thing, the, you know, the fact that like the story within itself doesn't really expand too much upon Frozen 1. Like it, in that it like, you know, kind of takes a totally different direction and some of the characters seem changed a little bit. Um, but I'd actually argue that, like, those changes were necessary. Um, for example, like, if you look at how Elsa's conflict with herself is kind of, like, the biggest um, problem or biggest, like, uh, uh, like conflict we have in this movie, like, um, kind of similar to the first one, but you also have, like, this dynamic between, um, like, nature and that kind of thing, like, man versus nature um, with, the, with the whole... Um, uh, you know, Arendelle versus the, I forget, I forget what they're called. There's like the, um, like, like the, the enchanted forest. Or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed that as well. I thought like the backstory with all that was really good. And I thought coupled with like a really good soundtrack, um, just made this movie a lot of fun, really good Disney movie. And I love Toy Story 4 too. So I think they're both great, but I think Frozen 2 is just slightly higher. Yeah. Um, I think Frozen 2 is, like, my easy number two pick for this category. Mm -hmm. I do think it did some things well. Like, I think I'm one of the few people that really hated Olaf in the original Frozen. Like, he just, <laughs> he he annoyed me to death. But um, I feel like here, um, I didn't like the whole recapping Frozen thing because that, that was part of a bigger problem I had with the movie, which I'll explain later. But I feel like Tyler and I discussed this um, beforehand, but they really lean into like his emotional growth and like his existential crisis, I think, which made him a much more interesting character because he actually feels like a person rather than like a caricature. So that was nice. Um, but then my big problem with frozen was that I felt like it was just, it relied too much on referencing the first one, like referencing all the moments you knew to make sure that you knew like, okay, this is a frozen movie. We're going to like, even though it doesn't make sense, we're going to reference Let It Go as, like, a major event. Um, I thought that just didn't make sense. And if you listen to our Star Wars episode, I a lot of my problems that I had with Frozen 2, I think I had with um, Rise of Skywalker. So um, I think it's a, it's a good number two, but I would say Toy Story 4 was just, like, that much better in that it felt new and refreshing and it like i guess it made it made a case for itself existing other than being a cash grab which both movies are like don't get that <laughs> wrong they're both cash grabs but i felt like toy story 4 like could have it made a strong case for it existing that i don't think frozen 2 did for me uh so i'm going to jump on that point that you just made stray about frozen 2 relying on the, the previous movie uh, I thought at the same time it was doing that, it was also making like changes to established history that was put out, put down in the first movie, like 
the whole part where their parents were found in a completely different location than they were supposed to have gone. Uh, in the second movie, they just like found them in the enchanted forest area when they were supposed to be in a different spot. It didn't really make sense. And they were doing that at the same time as they were relying on other parts of the first movie to help with the plot. And it kind of just made it confusing. Yeah, that that's what I felt. Um, that's like one of my big criticisms that like it relied heavily on the original, but it also tried changing things that happened but didn't happen on screen. Yeah. So they're like they're messing with the history of the thing without like doing it properly, I felt. Um, Neil, yeah. what did you think? Um, I only watched Toy Story 4 from this list. So. All right. So All right. That's, why. that's the deep Straight to but number one for Neil in <laughs> Toy Story 4. <laughs> there you go. Um, so the way we're going to do this, we're just going to rank our top three in this. Um, but I feel like we already kind of know where that's going to be for us, at least, you yeah. know, points-wise. Mm-hmm. So... Right. Um, we're going to go ahead. I think we're going to give Toy Story 4 the best animated feature um, for our first award. So congrats to Toy Story 4. Uh, we'll move on to our best comedy. Another five nominees. Uh, we have Longshot, Knives Out, Booksmart, Jojo Rabbit, and Cats, which will be <laughs> its only nomination tonight. I'm just making that clear. Only nomination. Right. I will say Andrew. I did not support this nomination for <laughs> I love this nomination and I think it has a great chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ty, why don't you go first then? <laughs> um so uh, I've actually seen a, a few of these. The only one I have not seen is Longshot, but um I think that um both Knives Out and Cats are kind of in the same category of like that you could consider them like other <laughs> genres, you know? Like I don't know if they're necessarily completely comedies, you know. Um, I was really worried where you were going there for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I was, was like, like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, you know, you know, basically the same movie. Um, no, never mind. Uh, but um, I would say that, yeah, uh, if you look at, like, Jojo Rabbit, I thought it was I thought it was fairly funny, like, certain bits. I, I wouldn't say it was, like, the year's best comedy, though. Um, for uh, for Booksmart, I, I would say that Booksmart was absolutely hilarious. Um, I think it's probably the year's best comedy. So if I'm going to put one at number one, I'd, I'd probably give it to Booksmart. But I think that Cats was so funny because it was so bad. I don't know. That's probably like my number two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, Andrew. All right. Um, so out of these, I'm going to go. Uh, I think Booksmart, I agree, is a hilarious movie. I think that's definitely up there, best comedy of the year. Um, yeah. Number two would probably, for me, it would go to Knives Out, I think. Just because I thought it was a really well-made movie, and it did have pretty funny bits. Yeah. Um, I thought, so yeah, I've only seen Booksmart and Knives Out from this, and I'd do the same thing as Andrew. I'd say Booksmart was, like, had me rolling out of my seat, like, yeah. that, that much laughter. And then, like, Knives Out, they were actually, like, it was, like, kind of funny with Knives Out, because sometimes it'd be funny when you wouldn't expect it and i think that's why i liked it a lot i really 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 like knives out just as a whole but i think um i think best comedy is going to go to book smart for me too yeah um i saw all of these on the list um 
I think long shot is really underrated. Um, I think mm-hmm. more people should see it. It's not the best comedy of the year, but I would say it deserves a watch. Um, Knives Out, I think, goes above that. I really love that. Um, it's fun and twisty, and like you guys said, it, it has a lot of great comedic elements, especially Daniel Craig with his southern accent is just yeah. perfection. So good. Yeah. And then above that, I have Booksmart. Uh, so I think Booksmart's the rare, that rare comedy where it has the good blend of amazing, amazing comedy and great yeah. scenes. But then it's also really heartfelt. Like by the end, if you're watching with like the right group of people, it's a really emotional movie, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, can we just bring up for a second the scene where they are in the Uber with their, yeah. I don't know, like their teacher driving with their the principal, Uber? Their, their school principal. principal is their Uber driver. <laughs> that part is that just worst so, nightmare. It's so that is, awkward and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is maybe one of the funniest scenes I've seen, like, ever in a theater. Like, <laughs> it, it just is so perfect. Olivia Wilde made a great movie. So I think we're pretty unanimous with that. Yeah, I think that's the best comedy goes yeah. to Booksmart. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. So award number two, best comedy goes to Booksmart. On to our next one, best blockbuster. We have another five nominees. We have Avengers Endgame, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, Detective Pikachu, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and Toy Story 4. Ooh. Um, Neil, why don't you start this one off for us? So, having seen four out of these five, uh, except Which for had- everyone except for De- Detective Pikachu, is the one Ooh. I had not seen. Sorry, Shrey. Okay. <laughs> um, I think. So should I should I start with like my four or my number one? Like my winner. Uh, so just say your number one. Yeah, my number one. We'll okay. Say. I think it has to go to Endgame for me because yep. I think Infinity War just like gave such a cliffhanger that like everybody was looking forward to Endgame, like regardless of what was going to happen. Um, number two, go to uh, Star Wars, uh, probably just because like, I mean, it's Star Wars and that was also the last film of the new trilogy. But I think Endgame just like rose a lot of people's like anticipation and expectations and it meant a lot of them for me too, so I'm gonna give it to Endgame. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty clear win for Endgame for me. Um, John Wick Chapter Three was interesting, but not like amazing. Detective Pikachu was really fun, but like not much else. I would say Rise of Skywalker. I've talked about in the past. I thought it was pretty good, and Toy Story Four was also good, but I don't think anything matched the kind of I guess reaction that I had to Endgame so that's my clear winner in this category uh, yeah I definitely agree with uh, both you guys that Endgame was the top blockbuster and one of the top movies quite honestly of the year I think that um, looking at the other films too all of them were actually pretty solid like John Wick was great uh, Detective Pikachu was really funny um, obviously Star Wars I love but it just had so many problems with the, with the plot and the how coherent that was compared to Endgame that I think Endgame is the clear winner in this category. That's true. Yeah. Andrew? All right. I think it's unanimous that Endgame is the uh, best blockbuster. And I mean, 
even if you go by like the amount of times we've mentioned it just on this podcast, it's we talked about it so many times. It's I don't come know up how it almost, could not be. Almost and, every episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it literally broke the box office record. So I don't know how this could not be the best blockbuster of the year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Out of out of these movies, I've seen Endgame, Detective Pikachu, and Toy Story Four. Uh, but seeing like the trailers and previews of the other ones, I don't think they would come up to where Endgame was, at least to that level. And it doesn't sound like it. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, unanimous decision. Yeah, three. Oh, oh, first one wasn't unanimous. Never mind. I was going to mm-hmm. say three unanimous decisions in a row, but <laughs> not quite. Sorry, Tyler. Keeping it with Frozen Two. Keep yeah, it chilly. Gotta, gotta stick to that. All right, so best blockbuster goes to Avengers Endgame, and we're on to our acting categories. Um, we have best ensemble cast. This is a tough one. We, yeah. yeah, we have seven yeah, nominees here. There's a lot of good movies in here. Lots yeah. of great casts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Knives Ooh. Out, The mm-hmm. Irishman, Avengers Endgame, Booksmart, Parasite, and Little Women. So this one, we're going to focus more on the actual acting within the film and the casting, I think, is what we really want to look at, rather than, I guess, quality of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, Andrew, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, I can start out. <laughs> All right. It's tough, man. All right. It's real All tough. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough category. This is... uh, you didn't say which ones are – you said which ones are in this category, right? Which yeah. movies? Okay. Yeah. Um, so out of these, the ones I've seen are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Knives Out, Irishman, Endgame, and Booksmart. I haven't seen Parasite or Little Woman. Um, okay. Honestly, this one is super tough. Uh, I think for the best acting as as like a whole cast would have to go to probably the Irishman first, just because, I mean, that the acting in that movie is really good i know i mentioned previously on our single movie podcast about the irishman that it was like i don't know he wasn't uh showing a lot of emotion but i think Mm -hmm. definitely as a whole the entire cast put in a huge effort to make this like a super artistic super you know hit you with their feels kind of movie Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think second would probably have to go, or should I go second and third? Yeah. Okay. It's your second and third. Yeah. Second, I think I would give to Endgame and third to Knives Out. All right. For my ensemble. Um, Ty, you want to go next? Yeah. So this is such a tough category because I feel like four or five of these movies all have just incredible casts. And I think that the. the just the performances, the individual performances in so many of these movies um, are phenomenal. And it's really tough to rank them because of that. Um, looking at this, um, I think that, like, I agree with Andrew that The Irishman is um, just incredible. And the, the uh, three, Joe Pesci, uh, Robert De Niro, and, um, oh, I'm blanking. Um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino, thank you. All three of them are, are amazing. Uh, that yeah. being said, though, I think that if you look at um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I loved, I think that Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Pacino's in this as well. Like, he's in this movie yeah. as well. Uh, Margot Robbie, and then Dakota Fanning. Like, 
if you have all of those components, I think just looking at the star power of that cast and comparing it to the Irishman, I think it almost tips the scales in favor of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to give the slight win to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Irishman coming in second. All right, and uh, what would be your uh, third for that one, for that category? Third would probably be Endgame, just edging out uh, Knives Out, just because Endgame had such a massive cast. I don't know if everyone was necessarily as talented in their roles, but it had such a huge ensemble cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can go next. Um, so I saw all of these. Um, Parasite and Little Women are my two favorite movies of the year. Um, mm. I think... Or, actually, I have The Lighthouse, Parasite, and then Little Women, but uh, Lighthouse only has two actors, and I really think you cannot give that best ensemble, <laughs> despite the fact mm-hmm. that they're both going crazy, do. doing their <laughs> best performances, maybe ever. Um, Parasite, um, it's a all-Korean cast, and I think they're all doing fantastic. Uh, they're all really good in their roles. They're perfectly convincing, um, but the Little Women cast is just what they do is so magical. Like they breathe such like new relevant life into their characters, which were like written in like the 1800s or something. Like it's kind of amazing what they're able to do with this and how they're able to make this story feel relevant and alive um, even now. Like I know that's also partially a writing thing, but I think a lot of it has to be given to their performances, especially the like. Florence Pugh, Saoirse Ronan, Laura Dern, and uh, what's well, uh, Timothy Chalamet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give my first place to Little Women and my second place to Parasite. And my third, I think I'm going to give to The Irishman because that cast is just insane. Like across the board, you got Al Pacino, you got Robert De Niro, you got Joe Pesci, you got Ray Romano. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Like everyone yeah. in that is just so good like they hit the marks perfectly um and they're coming together for this big movie it's like a once in a lifetime thing so i think i have to give them credit for that and so that's my third uh neil you want to go next sure. um so i also along with andrew have seen um have not seen parasite or little women but I've seen the other five. Um, and I think I, I'm, I think I ranked them pretty easily, but my top two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and um, Irishman, I think those are like really close to each other. Yeah, I totally but agree. I, I might give the edge to the Irishman just because, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like it was harder to act in the Irishman than it was to act in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And, and You're believe like me, like, I... Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I, I loved Once Upon a Time. Like, right when I watched it, I told I told Shrey, I was like, Brad Pitt should get Best Supporting Actor for that movie. Like, I loved the acting in that. But I think, like, The Irishman, um, like, just like all the actors we've mentioned... Um, it's just too good of a cast. And I think and I think that they did a really, really, really good job. So I think I'm going to give the edge to the Irishman. All right. And what's your number three pick for that one? Oh, and then my number three, honestly, <laughs> it was not Endgame. It was going to be Knives Out. I thought okay. Knives Out is the reason. Like, 
that that cast is the reason I went to go see it. And yeah. Endgame, like I knew too, but it's also because of the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so that was definitely not unanimous, I yeah. think. <laughs> but um, I've been keeping track of our picks for that one. And the one with the most points, we did all put in our rankings. And that was the Irishman. The Irishman uh, ended up getting nine points from us with our scoring system. Um, and I think it's a pretty worthy winner. I think we can yeah. all agree that that deserves to win. Um, the others were all pretty close in the middle. The only one that didn't get points was Booksmart. But I think that's to be understanded because there are a lot of unknown faces. So it's really kind of just like, I think it's part of the magic of that movie that they all just feel like they're actual people. Right, and not yeah. just, it's yeah. not like not they're super like superstars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, um, Shrey, so yeah. Shrey, yeah. Before we move on, I have to pose one question. Yes. Between Lighthouse and Swiss Army Man, which yeah. one do you think pulled off the better actor combo? Oh, uh, Lighthouse. I think Lighthouse. Um, I they're both amazing and. <laughs> Uh, in their own ways, Swiss Army Man is insane on a completely different level from Lighthouse, and Lighthouse is insane on a cle- completely different level from Swiss Army Man. But of the two, I'd say Lighthouse does it better because both are giving 100%, I think, and it really just works. Whereas I think in Swiss Army Man, both actors have done better roles, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, I think pairing with Robert De Niro, or Robert Pattinson, sorry, Robert Pattinson with Willem Dafoe is just perfect casting. So, yeah. yeah. Tyler, have you seen both? I have seen both. I would I would agree with that. All right. Cool. Um, so we're going to give our award for Best Ensemble Cast to The Irishman, and we're going to move on to our individual acting categories, and we're going to start with Best Supporting Actress. We have five nominees we have Zhao Shuzhen in The Farewell, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers, Laura Dern in Little Women and Marriage Story, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Billy Lord in Booksmart. Um, anyone want to go first? Yeah, I'll go, go ahead. first. No, go ahead I've, only, I've only seen Booksmart. <laughs> okay. So my vote goes to Billy Lord. All right. Although I do love, I do love the other... I do love Florence Pugh and Laura Dern. I think they're great actresses. I just have not seen these movies. All right. Yeah, I'm actually the same as Neil here. I've only seen Book Smart, so I don't know if you should really count our votes for this. I'll one, give, but I'll give one point for each okay. one. Yeah. Uh, Ty. Yeah. So I um I absolutely love Book Smart. Said that before. I think that my number one would, for that reason, have to be Billy Lord. I think she does a phenomenal job, especially for, like you said, not being like a huge name, um, yeah. and just kind of coming into this movie and completely exceeding like everyone's expectations. If you haven't seen Book Smart, definitely check it out. It's a it's a great movie. It's hilarious. Um, and then it's really tough after this because I think that, um, oh, man, uh, Little Women is a great movie. Um, I would. It's tough for me to put um, Florence Pugh over uh, Laura Dern, though, because if you put like if you if you go based on Marriage Story, I think that and and Little Women, I think that uh, Laura Dern has a slight edge. Um, so I'd probably give her the number two spot, and then I think I give Florence Pugh the uh, third spot there. All right. 
Sorry, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I my favorite performance out of these, I think, was Zhao Shuzhen in The Farewell. Hmm. Um, she plays Aquafina's grandmother. Um, she has cancer, and her family does. She, her family doesn't tell her that she has cancer, and they all make an excuse to come back to China to visit her, um, like one last time without telling her that she's dying and she gives this like perfect performance like she watching this movie she felt like my grandma like that's how much she's she really nails the part um i think j-lo got uh she did a really amazing performance in hustlers like that you wouldn't have seen coming from j-lo of all people Mm -hmm. Uh, and then laura dern and uh florence Pugh, like they are both amazing. I think Laura Dern's performance in Little Women is better than in her performance in Marriage Story, but that's just personal taste. Um, and Florence Pugh was maybe my favorite performance in Little Women. Um, so for that reason, I think I'm going to give my uh, first place to Florence Pugh, and um, my second one to Zhao Shuzhen, and my third one to Laura Dern which leaves us with a tie for Florence Pugh and um, Billy Lord. Ooh. So, um, Ty, have you seen Little Women? I have, yeah. Okay. Um, since Andrew and Neil, you guys have only seen Booksmart, I think Tyler and I can maybe... Do you want to debate Florence Pugh and Billy Lord for Best Supporting Actress? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's really tough, like I said before. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with my um, original belief that Billy Lord gets the gets the top spot here. Um, I, I, did you have Florence Pugh over Billy Lord for book one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I love Billy Lord in um, Booksmart. I think she's one of the best parts of it. Mm-hmm. But the performances this year were like so strong. It's so hard to yeah, like. That is really tough. Yeah. I'm sticking with Florence Pugh because I just think what she does is like she really makes the role of um she's not uh it's amy right she's amy i think so yeah amy's really the unlikable like she's the unlikable sister in the book for Mm -hmm. little women and i think she really makes her this lovable character like she's fun she's playful um Mm -hmm. and i think that's really because of florence Pugh. So, I am going to stick with that, but I think we're going to give the award to Billy Lord, um, just because I think across the board we'd all like to acknowledge her performance. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I think okay. that, so that works. Billy Lord will just narrowly edge out Florence Pugh, <laughs> but Billy Lord wins out for Best Supporting Actress. And, yeah, and and Florence Pugh will have another shot uh, just later on down the line here for yeah. for a different movie. Yeah, so don't give up hope, fans. Yeah, she's our only double nominated actress, I believe, today. Actor, actress. Nice. Um, give me a second here. Okay, and on to our best supporting actor. Uh, over here, we have Song Kang Ho from Parasite. Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, Joe Pesci in The Irishman, Al Pacino in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so, 
Who would like to go first? Let's let's see this. I would like to go first. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, you already know I haven't seen Parasite or The Lighthouse. So yeah. I'm not really considering those in this decision. Uh, and I know for Ensemble, I kind of didn't talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I forgot about it a little bit. <laughs> but they did have, uh, I think Brad Pitt definitely, uh, uh, he kind of carries a lot of the movie. Honestly, yeah. he's like a, I, I'm giving it hands down to him just because I think he has an amazing performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, okay. And then... I mean, between Joe Pesci and Al Pacino, I think it's it's kind of hard to pick between them, but I'd probably give second to Joe Pesci and third to Al Pacino, both for Irishmen. All right. Uh, Neil, you want to go next? Sure. So I'm the same thing as Andrew. Um, I have not seen Parasite, although I really, really want to, or The Lighthouse, which I also really want to, but... Um, I think I agree with Andrew. It goes Brad Pitt, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino. Um, I'm already biased because I've said multiple times that Brad Pitt is my favorite actor out there right now. <laughs> that is a bias. I've seen, I've seen all his movies, and I love Brad Pitt. I'm infatuated with Brad Pitt. I mean, um, who is? Bill? Let's and, be honest. Yeah, yeah honestly. Like, Jennifer uh, Aniston, it- you're missing out. Can, can we take a break? <laughs> who who watched his speech at the SAG Awards? I saw it. I, Neil saw it. Tyler, I, did you see it? I did not see it, no. Um, I know Neil would have been a fan of it because he did talk about Quentin Tarantino's tendency to mm-hmm. show off women's feet in his movies. Yeah. So <laughs> Neil likes that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Brad Pitt is, he's, who, who doesn't love him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't love him, you're amazing. wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. but from a movie standpoint, I also think, yes, he carried the entire movie. Um, it's weird, like how, it's weird how I say this, but he didn't do much, but like he did it so well. <laughs> like it seemed like his, his like acting yeah. was like really chill. He just played like a nonchalant character who was, like, the opposite of the one that DiCaprio played, right? Like, always worried about something. And, like, so it seems like he just relaxed, but he did it so well. And, like, you felt relaxed with him whenever you saw him mm-hmm. on screen. But you knew something crazy was going to happen at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I give it to Brad Pitt. I just, I just, I'm Brad Pitt. I still do. Right. Do you have the same ranking in the same order as Andrew? Yeah. And then it goes to Joe Pesci and then Al Pacino. All right. Uh, Ty, you want to go next? Yeah, so um, I just want to get this out of the way in saying that I love both actors in The Irishman. I think they are phenomenal actors, and I think that uh, both of them are probably, the, well, definitely uh, El Pacino is, is, is maybe the most established on this list. Um, that being said, though, I actually have neither in the top three because I have uh, Song King Ho from, from Parasite at um, number three. Um, I don't know if um, this is a super popular pick, but I know that um, just watching his character in Parasite, and we'll we'll get into Parasite later, but watching his character in Parasite um, and this super really clever uh, character that he plays, because he essentially is the head of this family that infiltrates another much wealthier family. Um, And he's got a lot of scenes where he has to like play it off like he's been this like 
um, wealthy like limo driver for all of his life, you know, like, and, and he's, uh, he's just really fun to watch. And I think that he, um, deserves this, uh, deserves this nod. Um, and then at number two, I've actually got Brad Pitt, um, for reasons we've described, he's absolutely hilarious in once upon a time, <laughs> the final 20 minutes or, uh, I don't remember exactly, but the final, you, you know, the scene mm-hmm. in once yeah, upon a yeah. time where Brad Pitt's character, um, he just, you know, He's, he's hilarious to watch, and he's such a good actor in that. Yeah. Uh, but i got to give the top the top spot to Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse in what I believe to be his his best role of all time, and I think Sheree might agree with me on this one. Yeah. Um, but if you watch Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, you will see him like you've never seen him before. Um, his character just is is mad. Like, it's 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 on a whole other level um, this year, and I think that he's the my, my clear favorite for the top spot. Yeah, um, so I have something mostly similar to Tyler. Uh, I just differ in my number two spot. Um, so I do have Willem Dafoe in my number one spot. I think his character really makes the movie. He's He plays him with such ferocity and intensity, and he has this like m- like crazy look in his eyes whenever he has to. And other than that, he's like super calm, super Mm -hmm. balanced it's kind of freaky how he can go between the two in like the blink of an eye Mm -hmm. and that's why i give him uh the number one spot i think he was maybe my favorite performance of the year actually this category is filled with my favorite performances of the year probably so it's really tough for me to pick them this is a tough category um my number two is actually going to go to joe pesci um he was my favorite part of the irishman probably um, because he's playing such a different character from what he usually plays. Like he usually plays these loud, crazy, over-the-top bosses, and now <laughs> instead he's like, he's ha- he has to play a more quiet and subdued character. But he's also so much more intimidating. I think. Yeah. When he's like, quiet. So powerful in this movie. Like you, Jesus. watching him, you're like afraid of like what he's going to yeah. do, like what he's capable of doing. Like he genuinely seems like he could hurt you. Which is, yeah. which the is guy weird from like Home Alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my third spot, I'm gonna give to Song Kang Ho because, like Tyler said, um, he just does amazing work in Parasite. Um, he's Bong Joon Ho's longtime collaborator. He's worked on him on most of his feature length movies. Um, and I think he's really great. Um, specifically in um the Peach scene, I think if you know what I'm talking about, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they have that whole back and forth between him actually uh, re- like pulling off the script that his son is like reciting for him back at home while they're mm-hmm. preparing to pull off this big trick. I think he plays that so great. Um, and that's just a great showcase of his work. And I'm going to give that his acting third place. I'm, I really wanted Brad Pitt in there. Like he's also my favorite part of once upon a time in Hollywood, but Mm-hmm. I think these three were just... It's a tough category. They were, they were like... I felt like they were doing more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but after that, after our, we put in our votes, Brad Pitt does win the category by two points. <laughs> um, yes. Willem Dafoe and Joe Pesci did tie with six points each, but Brad Pitt did have eight. Cool. And I think I think we're all good with giving him best supporting yeah. actor. Which, by the way, it does look very convincing that he is going to win it at the Oscars. 
which I'm not mad about. I think. No, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Between from all the nominees, I'd want it to be him or Joe Pesci, and as long as one of them wins, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Right. So, uh, congrats to Brad Pitt uh, for winning Best Supporting Actor. I miss my fan. On to our lead actor categories. So, first we have Best Actress. We have five nominees again. We have Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Florence Pugh in Midsummer, Aquafina in The Farewell, Lupita Nyong'o in Us, and Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Um, hmm. Tyler, why don't you go first this time? Yeah, so um, I'm just going to say my, my top one right away, because um, Florence Pugh in Midsummer is, is on a whole other level. Midsummer is a, is a movie that um, just freaks you out. I mean, I think we've talked about it uh, briefly in other uh, episodes, but it's like completely set in the daylight, first of all. So that's that's not typical of a horror movie. That's that's just yeah. terrifying. It's a terrifying concept. But I think that she gives just this this uh, character who um, really how do I say this? Like doesn't have any idea like of what's going on until like it's too late. I, I I guess like I don't know. It's 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 a really great performance. I gotta give her the number one spot. I know I didn't give it to her for um for uh, best supporting actress, so I feel obligated to do it for this this one here um and then i guess ooh, this is tough i loved us as a movie um and i also loved uh, lupita nyango um sorry for that pronunciation um at for in us i think that she's phenomenal so i'm going to give her the number two spot and then ooh, i think i i think i gotta give it to aquafina in the farewell i think that that was kind of a snub um and i think that she's deserving of that three spot for me yeah uh i'll go next Aquafina was my best actress of the year, I think. I love Florence Pugh. I am the number one Florence Pugh stand. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had a great year. Can't wait to see what she does. But Aquafina gives this really real, raw performance that I think is really impressive. And I think she should be getting more credit for it. Um, mm-hmm. Really sucks that the Oscars can't recognize that. Um, so... I'm going to give Aquafina my number one. Florence Pugh does get my number two um, just as like a compound of, um, I mean, she's led, I think like three movies this year. She was in fighting with my family, uh, mm-hmm. Midsummer and uh, little women. Right. I think Midsummer, she does great work. Um, she's well deserving of my number two spot. And then my third, I think I'm going to go with Saoirse Ronan. Um, because she brings some real heart to um, Joe in Little Women, so I think she's a pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. good pick for my number three. Yep. Uh, Andrew, you're up. All right. Um, well, actually, for these, the only movie I've seen from them is Midsummer. Okay. Uh, so I kind of have to give it to Florence Pugh, but I agree with you. She did put on a stunning performance. Uh, kind of that like. Uh, I don't know. Naive, I guess, is. Yeah. I don't right. know if that's the word you're looking for, Tyler. She's like, exactly, yeah, but. yeah, like a horror movie victim, but just does it to this extent that, like, you feel like you were there and you're, like, part of the story and you're, like, right there with her and it's, like, just terrifying to watch. Yeah. So I think she deserves it. All right. Uh, Neil, how about you? Okay. So I've only seen Midsummer and Us. 
And I watched both of these movies actually pretty like recently, if I think about it. Cause like us, I watched, okay. So us, I watched beginning of December and mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, she like, like Lupita Nyong'o is going to win best actress. Like there's no way she can't win. She did. It, it was like scary The the movie literally scared the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought her acting was phenomenal. And then, mm-hmm. and I was like set on that point. She's going to win Best Actress. And then I went to Shrey's and I saw Midsummer. And I don't think any movie has messed up my mind anymore than Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. And like, as much as I, as much as I loved Lupita Nyong'o and us, like, or I loved how scary she was, like Florence Pugh just put on a performance that was like bone chilling, but at the same time, like, you felt like so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't know. I think I think Forrest Pugh just kind of nailed it as far as uh, performance goes. And I think she should get the Best Actress winner. All right. Um, so that was actually pretty unanimous, I would say, uh, in favor of Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. I think that's also kind of rectifying the mistake of the Oscars not nominating Tony Collette for Hereditary the year before, which I know Neil has seen it. Have either of you also seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, big snub. Yeah, um, Ari Aster, the director, really knows how to pick his actresses, his lead actresses, and they really ground his movies and put in some amazing performances. So Florence Pugh, I think, is a clear win for us uh, here. So let's move on to our best actor which is another interesting category, I think, this year. Um, so we have five nominees. We have Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, Taron Egerton in Rocketman, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, and Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll go first this time. Um, so I'm going to get this out of the way. I think Joaquin's Phoenix... Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> performance in Joker is maybe like one of the few good parts about that movie. I don't know if I've made my like dislike of this movie clear, but I'd just like to well, clear it the is. before <laughs> we before yeah. we move forward. I understand why people like this. I personally do not. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is good. I don't think he's the Joker, but I think he gives a good performance. Um, that being said. I will not consider him for this him for this award. So, sorry to everyone that is a Joker fan. That was so savage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That <was> terrible. <laughs> All right. So, now that I have that out of the way, my number three pick for this category, I think, is Taron Egerton in Rocketman. I think, when you look at Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody, like, it's so crazy that those are, like, the the level of reception that both of those movies have gotten. Like, I think Rocketman is really, like, a genuinely great movie that got, like... It got good reception. It got lots of money. It got good reviews. But, like, to the extent that Bohemian Rhapsody did, which I think... Like, like not even, like... You don't even have to look at it as, like, significantly worse. Like, just, like, Rocketman being, like, incrementally better and getting, like, that disparity in success, I think, is, like, a real tragedy you know it's a real mistake and i think 
if we're going to give Rami Malek recognition for Bohemian Rhapsody, I think Taron Edgerton has to clearly get it as well. So I'm going to give him my third spot. My number two is going to go to Adam Driver in Marriage Story because I think he has the incredibly difficult act of having to, like, he basically has to carry all of Marriage Story because I don't think Scarlett Johansson is really doing any of the heavy lifting in that at all. Like, I think she's really trying, but... Um, yeah, Laura Dern does a lot of the heavy lifting, yeah. i say, as well. Yeah, but, like, them being the two leads... The leads, Like, right, Scarlett... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson really she can she shows that she's trying, but it doesn't come off as like a great performance for me. Adam Driver I think slips so perfectly into his role. He's real, he's raw. He's emotional, he's vulnerable, and he also makes mistakes that feel real and reasonable for his character. Um I think the way he plays his character is just so great in Marriage Story, so I'm going to have to give him the two spot for that. Mm-hmm. But my number 1 is actually Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Because the way he takes this like character that's so hateable, he's so awful, I think he makes him into like someone that you actually you're invested in, even if the even though you don't like him, I would say, you're still really invested in where his journey goes. And I love Uncut Gems. I know a lot of the people I watched it with did not like it. But I really loved it and I think Adam Sandler perfectly carried the chaos of that movie through to the end. So yes. For that reason, I have to give him number one. Uh, anyone want to go next? I can go next. Okay. Um, so, I've only seen Joker, Rocket Man, and Once Upon a Time. Um, I just think, I think Joaquin's Phoenix performance in Joker is really what made the movie. Like, yep. I don't, like, um, it's kind of just like, um, what I said about Florence Pugh in the other category, like just bone chilling, um, the the amount of emotion that 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 specific Joker was like required to show on screen, um, like I don't think there was a better way he could have done it, and it was just so like, like you were rooting for the Joker, like you always root against Joker because everyone loves Batman, but. In this case, like you were legit rooting for Joker just because you saw like the amount of stuff that he was going through. And Joaquin Phoenix is the one who portrayed that like perfectly in my opinion. So I'm gonna give it to him. Um I also did like Taron Edgerton and Rocket Man, so then I'm gonna give it to him for number two and then DiCaprio for once upon a time, because those are the three that I've seen. So All right. Uh Andrew, you wanna go next? Uh sure. So as much as I want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say his name. Joaquin. Joaquin. I have not seen Joker, um, so I can't talk about how much you hate it or how much you like it, Neil. <laughs> um, I've seen uh, Rocket Man and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood out of these. Um, and I think... Between Taron Edgerton and Leonardo DiCaprio in these two movies, I think I'd have to give it to Taron Edgerton. Just because I think, I mean, from movies I've seen with him, I think he definitely knows how to make a really entertaining movie. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I know I've seen him in Kingsman before. And I I mean, those movies are good. I wouldn't say they're like the best movies of all time or anything, but they're really entertaining. And I think, 
a big part of that is Taron Edgerton's performance. And I think he brings that to Rocketman also. Um, in the movie, he's a performer, uh, kind of obviously, but he really he makes it fun to watch, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I also think Leonardo DiCaprio did you know, a pretty good performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think it's his best that he's done before, um, but it wasn't like bad or anything. Yeah. So. All right, Ty. So it is another tough category here. I think that for me, um, I had uh, both uh, Taron Edgerton and uh, Leonardo, uh, Leo in the uh, tied for the three spot. And I was trying to break this tie, listening to what you guys said. And I think I'm going to agree with Andrew and put uh, put Taryn ahead of um, Leo just because Rocketman is like full of like Taryn Edgerton's own singing. I think that mm-hmm. really elevates the movie. Like I don't know if anyone had mentioned that before, but yeah. like, he did all of the he did all of the songs um, that really were I thought were phenomenal. Like he yeah. spent so much time perfecting it and getting it to the point where like you could believe it was Elton John. Um, just outside of the uh, of the acting, I think that that was really incredible. I think that shows the dedication to the role, and is exactly what you want when you have like a when you have um, this kind of movie that's that's based on an artist. Um, and then for my number two spot, I got to give it to Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Um, like Sheree said, uh, this is a whole new Adam Sandler. I don't think anyone was anyone was ready for like um, what Adam Sandler brought to the table in this movie. I had never seen an Adam Sandler movie um, that that wasn't a comedy, I don't think. Um, and so with uh, with Uncut Gems, it's just this like gripping, um, horrific look at this uh, that um, Adam Sandler's character, whose name I believe is Howard Ratner. Um, yeah. And he gets caught up in um, like all of this uh, like gem trading and owing people money. And the whole movie, you're just you're just like fearing for this character and you're fearing for his life and his family. And it's, it's pretty intense. Um, so I'd give him that number two spot. And then, uh, my number one is Joaquin Phoenix, uh, as the Joker. Um, as stated before, I don't think that, um, uh, you have to really look hard, um, for why this movie, uh, or why this, why his portrayal is excellent. I think that like, if you just have seen the movie and you don't like the movie, I think that, like Shrey said, the one standout part is Joaquin Phoenix's um, acting. I think his role is, is phenomenal. Um, I don't think he's Heath Ledger level, but he's he's pretty he's pretty close, which is really really tough to do. And I think that um, being that yeah, being at that level is just incredible. I think he's my number two Joker of all time, which I did not think going into this movie that he would be, because um, I love Jack Nicholson, I love Mark Hamill. Um, and so for that reason, I think I got to give it to him. All right. Um, this was an extremely close category. Um, we had Adam Sandler with five and then we had Joaquin Phoenix and Taron Edgerton tied with six. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Did all of us have Taron Edgerton on our list? Yeah. Neil, did yes. you? I, did. I, I think so. I yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I would like to say I would like to propose Taron Edgerton as our winner, unless there are any objections to that. I think because it was pretty like unanimous across the board. Um, I, I Joker had two votes. Taron I think had four from all of us. He had four split up. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it was all of our number twos, right? Except Andrew's. And Andrew, he had number one. So I guess yeah, I, guess I, I think I put him at number three. Tyler put him yeah, in number three. Put him oh, in okay. number three. Tyler looks like he's disagreeing with this movement. I can tell. I would have to disagree, but I think even if I disagree, it would be a three versus one situation. Um, but I would, I would have to, I would have to disagree with that. But I think that it's also uh, respectable to give it to, uh, to Taron Edgerton for for rocking them. Yeah. I think he was also snubbed for a nomination. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two popes for some reason swooping in with a best leading actor and supporting actor nomination, which is really surprising considering I think most of the movie is just them sitting around talking. So, Tyler, yeah, I, don't know, I haven't seen you... it. Yeah. Tyler I and I. Up. Yeah. We discussed oh, it. We both said we'd like watch it that night and then. I watched the first 30 seconds and I was like, I can't stand this. I don't want it. <laughs> so I turned it off. But yeah, yeah I, I, think, I do want to watch it. I think it's worth the watch. I, I'm sure it's not a terrible movie. I, I just yeah. don't think that it's really tough to see either of those. I don't yeah. know, actors. Yeah. Like beating not out Anthony Hopkins are great actors, but not in those roles. Same with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler completely robbed of a nomination. I think we said mm-hmm. this, Star Wars episode, we thought Uncut Gems had like nominations locked down and it got completely locked out of the Academy Awards, which is a real disappointment, I think. So, mm. um, but yeah, we, if we give it to it, yeah, yeah, if Joaquin Phoenix does win the Oscar, I'm not gonna be like mad, mad, you know, like the way I have been with mm. some other wins. Um, I think it's a good performance, sure, it can win. Um, yeah, I think it will win, like just based yeah. on the response from most people. It's not um, everything else, it's won everything else. So, right. Yeah, I think the response has been strong enough. I think he'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if for he that, deserves to win one thing, it's definitely best actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're gonna give best actor to Taron Egerton. Are we good with that? Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out of the acting categories, we're now on to the big two. We have, first up, Best Director, and here we have seven nominees. We have Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Lulu Wang for The Farewell, Olivia Wilde for Booksmart, Safdie Brothers for Uncut Gems, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Here, I think, Mm -hmm. if you have four movies, rank four movies. So, just throwing that out here. Okay. All well, right. I have three movies, and I think I'm just going to go and start us off since I started talking. Um, <laughs> so, I've seen The Irishman, Booksmart, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I mean, out of these, I think one of the things that... I didn't like as much about The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just the pacing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people argue that it like builds tension or whatever, but it doesn't really, I don't know. I don't, I feel like those were both kind of a little bit too slow for my taste. Um, so I think I'm going to go uh, top with Olivia Wilde and Booksmart. Uh, second is Martin Scorsese. Yes, and then <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Sorry. All right, uh, Neil, you're up. 
right. So I've also only seen three of them, which are Irishman, um, Booksmart, and Once Upon a Time. Uh, everyone knows Tarantino's my favorite director ever, and he always will be. But I think for this category, uh, as far as those three go, I think I'm going to have to put them at the bottom. Only because yeah. I do agree with um, Andrew a little bit about the pacing. Uh, I I didn't think that it was that slow of a movie, but I do understand why people did not think that that was Tar- one of Tarantino's best work. Um, yeah, and then I think I'm going to give that top spot between Scorsese and Wild. I'm going to give it to Martin Scorsese because I think with The Irishman, he just had so much expectation, especially everyone knowing like the cast that he was dealing with. And I mean, not, I mean, not just the cast and, but also the plot, but like the cast is what really like kind of hyped people up for this movie and why everybody expected it to be good, especially because Scorsese is a pretty big name in cinema. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think he like, you know, he met the standards so I'm going to give it, to, he actually exceeded the standards. So I'm going to give it to Scorsese mm. and then Olivia Wilde. All right. Uh, Tyler, you want to go next? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I agree with Neil that Martin Scorsese had a ton of expectations leading up to The Irishman. Like it was it was hyped up as this huge Netflix release. Um, and I actually think it, it did a really nice job of, like for me, kind of fulfilling the expectation because my expectation was so high, you know? Um, for a Martin Scorsese film with just amazing an amazing cast. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to give my number four spot. Uh, for my number three spot, this was really tough because I go back and forth between the next two films um, and how they really had an impact on me. Um, but I think I'm going to give um, the number three spot to um, the Safdie brothers for Uncut Gems. Um, Adam Sandler in, like I said, uh, the casting of Adam Sandler and and his just out of nowhere performance was incredible. Um, and I think that a lot of that is 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 due to the casting by these two directors. And I think that's um, that's just really important. Um, and um, the movie, it just it never lets go. Like you are sitting through this movie and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, my heart is pounding. Like I'm not, I don't know how it's gonna end. It's just. Um, you know, one of those one of those thrill rides of a movie. Um, that being said, though, I have to give the number two spot to Greta Gerwig in um, Little Women. Um, I think that she had huge expectations um, for this movie just because this is like a classic American story, right? I mean, like at, like like most people know this story, um, and to breathe new life into that story um, with some phenomenal a- actresses um, is uh, is incredible. I think that she did a phenomenal job of like. Um, finding these actresses and um, really um, committing the story to film, um, which is something that had never been done to my knowledge. So um, that's my number uh, two. There's been and, three other little women before. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, there this you go. Throw it there, but um, well, definitely this is the, best. the one I've seen. Yeah. Best yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, I just don't want to say and then went to retraction, you know? Yes, thank you, Shrey. Yeah. Um, for my number one <laughs> spot, I have uh, I have uh, Bong Joon Ho from Parasite, um, and I think that um, Parasite is one of the best films of the year. Um, I love a few of his other movies too, like I love Snowpiercer. It's a fantastic movie. I just saw it recently, um, and I think that Parasite, especially, is um, 
just a, a special movie this year. The way it um, sets up the the really the class difference between like these two families um, and how one kind of infiltrates the other. Um, and I would say that yeah, uh, for that reason, that would be my number one. All right. Um, so my number four spot. I think I'm going to have to give it to Olivia Wilde. Um, it's like her debut movie. Yeah, she really she really hit it out of the park. She's got this amazing cast that she's working with. She really knows how to like draw these like great performances out of them. Like we mentioned earlier, they feel like they're actually high schoolers, which is why I guess like it doesn't feel like a cast. It feels more just like they're real people. So for that reason, mm-hmm. I'm going to give her my fourth pick. Um, my number three is going to go to the Safety Brothers as well. Uh, I think, Tyler, you had the same uh, Yeah, I pick. had them at three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this amazing job of just controlling the chaos that is constantly going on in that movie. Like, it, it's just people shouting over each other. So much stuff is happening. And they they know exactly how to like pu- like push all that together to draw this anxiety out in you, and like make you go a little bit crazy as well. Watching this movie, I think um, for that reason, I am going to give them my third spot. And so now I have the same top two as Tyler, but it's really hard for me to like pick which one I think like was the best director i think i'm gonna go with greta gerwig um she also does a similar thing to um the safety brothers um in her script she's actually got all these like dashes where the characters lines are so that other actors know when they're supposed to come in because they also have so much of like just talking over and back and forth between characters without like people stopping talking it's just overlapping and she knows how to like control that and really make these actors shine which i think is really impressive for that reason i am going to give her my number one spot um but that is not to discount bong joon ho who pulls off one of the best movies i've ever seen um parasite is kind of insane he he almost creates this new genre, I think. Tyler, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like your classic horror movie. Um, but it feels it like nothing. Had a lot of those elements. Yeah, it yeah, feels it's like, like, a it's like a thriller. Yeah. It's kind of a comedy at points. It's it's definitely a mm-hmm. drama. It's all, it becomes like almost commentary, a commentary, like social commentary, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got this crazy mix that shouldn't work, I think, but it does. And I think that's all right. because of Bong Joon-ho. So for that reason, I am going to give him my second spot. And that leaves us with a tie between Greta Gerwig and Bong Joon-ho for first, and a tie between Martin Scorsese oh. and Olivia Wilde for second. Um, so this is going to be another difficult decision here. Um, Andrew and Neil, um, you both have not seen either Little Women or Parasite. So that's true. After hearing Tyler and I speak, I guess, um, who would you personally pick? You know? So just out of just out of like 
Just, I mean, after hearing both of you speak and just because of, like, popular media, I guess, Parasite just looks insanely appealing to me as far Mm -hmm. as a movie goes. And I have not heard anything bad about this movie. I read an article on Letterboxd. It became its highest rated movie and mm-hmm. like like Letterboxd's awesome. highest rated movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um has a ninety-nine on Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, I guess it's kind of setting up a bias for me going into the movie, but I don't expect anything under five stars for this movie. So I don't know. After hearing you two and just everything around it, Parasite just looks insanely appealing. All right. Andrew? Sorry, Shrey, but I also think uh, just hearing you speak, Bong Joon-ho, I said it right, right? Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, I don't, I'm really terrible with names. Um, but yeah, especially what you said about this kind of genre mis- mixing thing, it just sounds really difficult to pull off and something that is really uncommon. Uh, so I think uh, just for that, Sounds like good job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this but is what I also not. do. I do want to see Little Women a lot. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to that. This is one I'm not disappointed to lose. Like, if Bong Joon Ho came out on top for Best Director at the Oscars, I would be very, very, very happy. Like, Parasite is a movie mm-hmm. that deserves so much love. Like, it's already getting it. <laughs> But it, it somehow deserves more, if that if makes sense. If he beats out Scorsese and Tarantino, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. I, like I think that's true. If, if, he, his I, biggest I think opponent now, I, I think his biggest opponent is Sam Mendes for 1917, which we have we have no nominations for it on here, uh, just to mm-hmm. heads up. But I think Sam Ooh. Mendes looks like the front runner right now, which is disappointing for me. I think. There's so much more that these other directors have had to do. Um, so I think we're we're all over here pulling for Bong Joon-ho to pull out a <laughs> victory. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Bong Joon-ho is our best director. Um, and that leaves us with our final category. It's our biggest one. Fun one. <laughs> Best picture with 10 nominees. Um, so here they are. We have Parasite, Little Women, The Irishman, The Farewell, Midsummer, The House, Booksmart, Avengers Endgame, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Uncut Gems. And I think this is one that um, we can do rank all of the ones that you have seen. So, oh, geez. There's, gonna be, <laughs> there's a lot of points in the mix here. Um, so, I think it's going to be pretty tight here. And go from the bottom up, I would say. Whoever would like to go first. Uh, Tyler, you haven't gotten to go first, have you? Or maybe you um, can Yeah, I can, I, can, I can definitely start here. Um, wow. Okay. So, I've actually seen almost every single movie on here. I think the only movie I have not seen on here is The Farewell, which I intend to see. I've heard it's amazing. Um, wow. Uh, this is an incredibly difficult category. And... Yeah, hmm. Putting one at the bottom is so tough because they're all 
solid movies. I think I might have to put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as my as my bottom movie. And no disrespect to this movie, I think it's I think it's um, great. But I think out of all of them, I probably enjoy it the least. I think it's the least deserving. So that'd be my lowest spot. Next up after that, I think I would have Booksmart. Um, I liked Booksmart a lot. I know Trey, it's one of your favorite movies. Um, yeah. But compared to some of these others, um, I think it just doesn't it doesn't accomplish quite as much. Um, but I think it's a great directorial debut. Um, featuring a lot of really tan- talented actresses. Um, next up, wow. Next up, I would put um, probably The Irishman would be next up for me. Um, the Irishman is uh, crazy. We've talked about it um, a lot. I think it accomplishes a lot with um, uh, three amazing actors, but um, I have to put it in that spot. After that, I think I would have. Um, Little Women next, and then I think I have, yeah, so I have, after that, I have um, my top-ranked one, so I have Uncut Gems after that, um, and then one ahead of Uncut Gems, I have Midsummer, and one ahead of Midsummer, I have um, Avengers Endgame, and then one ahead of that, I have uh, Parasite as my top film of the year. All right. Solid choices. Yeah. Uh, Neil, why don't you go next? <laughs> okay, so I've seen five out of these ten. Um, right. The five I've seen are Endgame, Once Upon a Time. Wait, hold on one second. Um, hold on. Ty, where did mm-hmm. you put Lighthouse? Oh, Lighthouse, of course. Yeah, sorry. Um, I would put Lighthouse probably at the number three spot right now. So okay. I put it I put it at number three, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Um so like I said, I've seen five out of the ten, which would be um, okay. I'll just say them, I guess, in order. Uh, so at the number one spot, I put Midsummer. Um, at the number one, like I, yes, at the number one. Like I said before, mentally screwed me up. Uh, <laughs> it's so freaky. Uh, never gonna forget it. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really good movie, and I think I just think like the amount of research and who knows if all of it if all of that like happens and stuff but the amount of research that like goes into it and also the amount of emphasis that he put on certain events that this cult i guess kind of does um yeah and that's why i liked it a lot so i think it's the best out of the five i've seen for this year so i'll give it to midsummer uh next i have the irishman um there's another really enjoyable one for me I'm into those kind of movies more, um, and I did like that a lot, especially with the cast. Um, Endgame, we've I've talked about enough. Shrey knows my ridiculous reactions in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time, I put after Endgame, and I don't think, like, I, I definitely don't think it was the best movie this year, um, but I did enjoy it a lot. Um, always going to love Tarantino's movies. Uh, and Brad Pitt, amazing, takes his shirt off, just great. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. the 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 worst out of the five that I've seen this year, um, that's on this list at least, is Booksmart, and that that's like in no relation to me saying that Booksmart is bad. Like I I loved Booksmart. Like I said, it had me almost crying because <laughs> it was so mm-hmm. funny. And yeah, but I just enjoyed it lesser than the other ones 
It's really um, tough for my, comedy. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And I think that's my best picture list. Okay. Um, I'll go next. I have seen all of these, um, so it's going to be really hard for me to rank them. I do love all of them. Um, I think I'm going to rank this, and not based off of my like 2019 ranking, where it's like my favorites and quality as a blend. I think I'm going to rank this according to how much I believe they deserve to be the best picture of the year. Like, they deserve that title. So, like, there might be, like, a movie that I like more than another, but it might like be ranked lower. Pretty much just by quality? Kind of by quality, but, like, also by, like, how much it deserves the title of Best Picture. Like, like it, there's definitely movies that I think are better made than others that would be <laughs> higher on the list, just because I think they deserve the title. I um, agree. Yeah. So, at the bottom, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. I really... I'm going to get this out of the way. I love all these movies. So putting Once Upon, a Time at the Ho- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the bottom is tough. But I think out of all of these, it it doesn't feel as important and like revolutionary, I guess. You know? Um, next up, I have Uncut Gems. Another one that's really just entertaining and exciting and fast-paced. I feel like there might not be much behind it like, much of a um, message or anything behind it, but it's really well-made cinema. So, for that reason alone, I'd have to give it uh, second place. Um, after that, I think I'm going to put Endgame next at my number three spot. Um, Endgame is also great, but mm-hmm. that being said, I don't think yet there's been, like, a a comic book movie that could be named best picture of the year. Like maybe dark Knight, but that's yeah, about it. That. I would say Ooh. dark Knight is the only yeah. superhero movie above Endgame for me. I think I think Endgame is my favorite superhero movie of all time, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's best picture. Like in a weaker year, like if this was 20, if this came out last year, I think it would have been my favorite movie of the year probably, but just yeah. because this year was so strong. I think yeah, it, it was, it just has to be this low, which is really unfortunate. It's like my number four or number five rank of the year. So um, after that, I think I'm going to put Booksmart. Um, Booksmart also is super, super entertaining. But again, maybe it's not the most revolutionary thing, but it still feels like something that should be watched by everyone. Um then I think I'm going to go with The Lighthouse, which was my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think it's the best movie made this year. I don't think it's defining of our year. Um, after that, I think I'm going to go with The Irishman. Irishman, we've talked about it, um, at length. I think it's really fantastic. Um it really, I think it serves this trend of 2019 movies that I noticed where we're really nostalgic and looking back at the past um, and I guess reflecting. That was like a big theme that I've noticed in movies this year. So um, if anything, I feel like that's really capturing the essence of this year. Uh, after that, I think I'm going to go Midsummer. 
Midsummer is absolutely mm-hmm. um, like Neil said, it's a monster of a movie, <laughs> and it absolutely has to be seen. Like, I am not a horror person. We've covered that on my on the horror episode, but this movie is just fantastic. Um, after that, I have the farewell. Um, I think this was this really deserved a lot more love than it got. It it has an a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, and it made a good amount of money, but I don't think it got the love that many other movies on this list did and i think that's really sad because it's it's telling this incredible important story for our time about like um like the asian american experience like it's something that we don't often get to see like we got to see crazy rich asians which is it's completely (laughs) crazy like not all asian people are like that that is not like <laughs> I this, don't know, Trey. This feels like much more <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I love Crazy Rich Asians. Don't get me wrong, but Farewell is such an important piece of filmmaking. Lulu Wang is great. I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, after that, I have Little Women. Uh, Little Women just blew my mind because. I honestly, I had nothing, I had no knowledge of this story coming into it. And Greta Gerwig just swept me up in this story and it made me fall in love with these characters, which is a really impressive thing to do. And it's a magical movie. Like, I, I don't have anything more to say. And then I have Parasite as my number one. Um, Parasite is one of the best movies ever made. It's, it's really breaking down the barriers of what foreign film can do. Bong Joon-ho has been like talking about this on the award circuit. Like this is, I think this is not exactly what he said, but um, he said something along the lines of if you can get over the one inch barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to a whole new world of films. And I think that's so true, <laughs> especially with parasite. Like it's, yeah. it's showing us this new side of cinema that I think most Americans ignore and they shouldn't. So right. for that reason alone, I think Parasite is the best picture of the year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Andrew. Well, it's just me, right? So I've seen five of these movies for so straight, so you can get these points going. Yeah. Uh, and I think bottom of the barrel for me is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I don't mean that it's bad. It's just not the best movie of the year. Yeah. That's okay. We talked about this, I think. Um, I think uh, coming in at fourth for me would have to be Book Smart. And I did really enjoy this movie. It was hilarious. Uh, you guys said it. I don't think comedy is hard to win for best picture, I think. Um, anyway, my, uh, my number three is probably going to be Avengers Endgame. I also think they did some really amazing effects with this movie. Um, I don't know. But then uh, coming in on number two, I think The Irishman is my number two spot, I think. 
if not, I think the the acting, I think especially, really pulls up this movie in the ranking, just because it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, the story itself is enthralling. And then number one for me is going to be Midsummer out of the ones I've seen. And I think uh, this movie is, honestly, it's beautiful with all the colors. At the same time, it's terrifying, which is, uh, I don't know, not always the best combination, but it works really well with this. And I also, they, I think they do use uh, sound really well throughout the movie, the audio, um, mm. just to kind of enhance just what's going on on screen. And I don't know, helps it out. So that's my number one pick. All right. Um, so we do have a very clear winner here. It is a bit surprising to me, but yeah. also it kind of makes sense when we consider how many movies everybody's seen. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, in last place, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with five points. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think Tyler, Andrew, and I all put it at our bottom, and Neil put it uh, second to last, second, right? Yeah, second yeah. to last. It's an incredible movie, but just I don't think best, best picture of the year, which we can all agree. Um, coming in just above that, we have Uncut Gems with seven. Again, I think part of that also contributed to Tyler and I also being the only ones to see it. Um, that being said... I honestly don't think it would have fared that much better in our rankings. Mm-hmm. Above that, we have The Farewell, which had eight points, all eight of which were from me, uh, because I was the only <laughs> yeah. one that saw that movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I do highly recommend everybody sees that. Um, it's a lovely, beautiful movie. Um, watch it with your grandparents. I think that's the best thing to do. Watch it with your grandparents. So Sorry. Or your parents. Just watch it with your family. Like, it is a really good movie to watch with them. Um, plus, it's PG. Like, it's a PG great drama that it actually manages to be funny and heartbreaking while still being family friendly. Uh, after that, we have Booksmart with nine. Um, Booksmart, I think we all really liked, but didn't think it really had the qualities to rise above the pack completely. Then we had a tie between Little Women and The Lighthouse with 13 points, which Ty and I think uh, we both had the only points for that. I think we might have like given it like six and seven and then like swapped points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, then we had Avengers Endgame with 16. Um, I think this was like our way of, I guess, acknowledging uh, the incredible work that went into it. It got one Oscar nomination. It probably deserved like a few more, but you yeah, know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll give it the recognition it deserves here. Uh, above that, we have The Irishman with eighteen. Um, another great movie. I think we'd all be pretty happy if this won Best Picture at the end of the day. Um, just above that, we had nineteen for Parasite, um, which was wow. the result of Tyler and I giving it both our first places. So 10 points for Ty- or ten points for me and 9 points from Tyler. Um, and then above that, 
we have our winner, Midsummer, with 23 points. Wow. Um, yeah. Midsummer. Yeah. No one's bad about that. Yeah. Midsummer is incredible. It, I do think it deserved a Best Picture nomination. Um, Andrew, where do you have it? You had it at number one in San Antonio? I had it at my top. Just, I've only yeah. seen five of the movies, though. Yeah. But what about you, Ty? I've only seen the other ones. Ty, where Sorry, do you have it? Where I think I had it at maybe four or five, because I know I had, um, I think I had Parasite, Endgame, Lighthouse above it, but I think it was, I think it was my four. Um, yeah, so, I think I had. Yeah, but I, all those are like interchangeable. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all so amazing, and they're such different movies, and and they're special in their own way. That I think That's that true. any of those winning it are is, is would be fine, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, best picture goes to Midsummer. Um. It's a surprise win. I don't think I saw that coming, but I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I really love Midsummer. I know you guys did too. Um. So yeah, congratulations to Midsummer for winning the annual, the first annual Most Stuff Award for Best Picture. Um, this has been a really fun episode, I think. Um, I think we'll close it yeah. out. Uh, we wanted to do this also as kind of like a recap of our 2019s. So I guess we're just going to just quickly list our top uh, movies of 2019 each individually. Um, so whoever wants to go first can do that. Uh, we'll close out the episode. I can go first. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Before I start, I didn't rank this like best picture, like kind of how I was deciding best picture just now. I didn't rank it like that. I literally ranked it on how much I enjoyed it when I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing. This is going to be, this is going to mm-hmm. be really wacky. You guys are probably going to kill me, but okay, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> So number one, at number one, oh, I had that's the bo- bottom up, bottom up. Oh, bottom but up. Okay, okay. Bottom up. Yeah. So ten, ten at ten, I threw in Aladdin, just cause. Yeah. Okay. 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 I only saw thirteen movies that came out this year, so Aladdin was ten. I, you know, it's a Disney movie, <laughs> Disney, but like it wasn't the best. Number nine is like where they actually get kind of you know fun. So nine we had oh. Spider Man Far From Home. I thought it was a good sequel to Homecoming. Um, number eight I had Midsummer only because I like I loved it. Just like I said, couldn't really sleep at night. <laughs> um, at seven I put Us just because when I watched it I was terrified in my friend's living room and i think that's what like makes a good horror movie for me how much it just frightens me and i was frightened when i saw that um number six i put rise of skywalker i liked i thought it was a good ending we talked about this last episode i liked it um great ending great movie overall um also very enjoyed and number five i put irishman um exceeded my anticipated hype and yeah great cast great everything really um number four joker uh i didn't know like if i would enjoy this movie i knew it was going to be a good movie but i didn't know if i'd enjoy it just because it's like dramatic you know not as fun i guess and lighthearted. but i think like 
it was I I enjoyed this movie regardless of how dark it was just because it was every I, a lot of elements about it were good. Um, number three, I put Endgame. I don't even like I said before. I don't have to explain that. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's going to be on all of our lists. Number two, I put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I liked it. I thought <laughs> I thought it was Tarantino's fourth fourth best movie uh, that he's made. Um, Which is yeah, a lot. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. And I I don't know. I I came out of the theater and I was more than way more than satisfied with what he did. And I had a lot of fun watching it, but at number one, a movie that was not mentioned for best picture, which I was very surprised about. And none of the actors were mentioned for best actor. <laughs> Knives out. I love. Oh, Knives out. And nice. I think, I think, yeah. I think Knives out was my favorite movie this year. Just like, most enjoyable to watch. I was like laughing hysterically. I was super, um, uh, like, I was super into like the story and the plot, like everything going on. Um, yeah, and I loved the cast and everything. Daniel Craig's accent. I didn't know what the heck it was, but <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, it was a great movie, and I think it was my favorite this year. All right. Uh, Andrew, you want to go next? Sure. So, like Neil, this is not a best picture list. This is a most enjoyed movies of mine list. So please don't roast me as I list these <laughs> off. Uh, okay. So, uh, number number 10, I think I'm going to go uh, with Frozen 2 here. I did like. <laughs> I really. I liked <laughs> Frozen. I liked Frozen too. The music was pretty good. Uh, Tyler mentioned this near the beginning, but it did have some funny music video esque scene, which I enjoyed very much. Um, and then after that, number nine, I am going with uh, probably. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm sorry, oh guys. But I'm a big it's action a fan. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. movie. I like that. Um, you just stab me in the kneecap with that, Andrew. <laughs> oh Don't God. stop. Stop, Neil. Okay. 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 Number eight. <laughs> 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 Keep going. Okay. Um, Jumanji, the next level is number eight. <laughs> so, I know I'm, <laughs> I know I'm hitting you with a double Dwayne the Rock Johnson here. But, but, <laughs> Guys, but these, we need to talk I, about if he was snubbed for best actor. <laughs> I mean, these two <laughs> movies. Dwayne Johnson should have got nominations. Best actor, best supporting actor. One for Hobbs and Shaw. One for Jumanji. Best director. Okay. He, we all know he really directed. Both <laughs> oh my god! These are entertaining movies, guys. Okay. All right. Neil has left. <laughs> so Neil. going on to number seven. Um, I have Good Boys. I thought it was very funny. I don't think it was the best movie at all, but I enjoyed it. Um. Number six, I think I'm going with Toy Story 4. Solid mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, 
Number five, I'm gonna go with uh, Rocket Man. I actually, I really like this movie. I liked it. That's all I had to say. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Number four, I've got Booksmart, which I know we've talked about it a lot, but this was really hilarious. Had me laughing in my seat in the in the movie theater. So very good. It was actually strangely a little bit emotional too, which has kind of got me. I don't know. Uh, and then I think I'm on to number three here, which for me was Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoy watching superhero movies. They're kind of just like, if I'm bored, I can just go like, oh yeah, I can go watch this guy fight. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Knives Out, actually. That movie was really great. I know Neil kind of brought it up, but uh, I never really knew what was going to happen. I know a lot of movies, sometimes I kind of, I can predict what's going on, and it's not super cool, but Knives Out was funny. It was really cool. Uh, and then Avengers Endgame. I have as number one again super entertaining to watch it was like the ending we kind of wanted to see i don't know it was a really enjoyable movie yeah um i'll go next so that was quite the list yeah i'm sorry, I'm sorry. it was quite, quite an adventure there um so um i saw 67 movies in oh my God. 2019. Oh my goodness. Um, and in honor of our 13th episode, I'm going to go with my top 13 here. Um, these were the 13 that I can confidently say were really great. Um, in 13, I have Uncut Gems, completely snubbed at the Oscars. Adam Sandler, best actor, give it to him. <laughs> um, also, he has threatened to make the worst movie we have ever seen. Why would oh, you not gosh. nominate him after oh, he gosh. made that threat? But I mean, <laughs> I guess now we're going to get to see the worst movie ever made. So, you, you know, that threat. I I mean, I'd, I'd be intrigued. We already thought we had Jack and Jill, but, you know, we're going to get I something mean, worse. Is it going to be worse than Cats and Jack and Jill combined? I think it's going to be like a sequel to both. <laughs> they they have children the together person. and they're cats. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Joe now cats. Al Pacino is also there with the Dunkachino commercial as he oh. did Jack and Jill. He's also going to be cat, but he will only have the tail. So oh. we don't like that. I'm gonna pass. In twelve, I had Knives Out. We've already talked about it so much in this episode. It's a great cast. It's super fun. Ryan Johnson got way too much hate for Last Jedi, and the love he's getting for this really rectifies that, I think. So I'm happy for him. Uh, after that, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at 11. We've already talked about this as well, so I'm not going to go on about it. Uh, number 10, I have Ad Astra, which stars Brad Pitt. Um, I saw this movie opening weekend. This movie was another great, really emotional movie. Brad Pitt honestly did deserve a Best Actor performance uh, nomination for this. Um, yeah, he's he's really just amazing. Um, after that, I had The Irishman. I've also had my thoughts on that. 
expounded on very much in uh, multiple episodes. So then I have Midsummer in number eight. We've also talked about that, but yeah, Florence Pugh is amazing. Like, keep supporting this woman. Keep giving her crazy great roles where she can just show off her acting abilities because she is amazing. On uh, number seven, I have The Farewell. Um, I've talked about that a bunch in this episode. So then in number six, I had Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a French movie that came out this year. Um, this movie honestly should have been um, France's nomination or so the way best foreign film works is countries get to decide what movie they're submitting to be nominated. Um, so France picked a movie called Les Miserables, which is actually not an, an adaptation of Les Miserables. It is not an adaptation of it. Dang it's it. simply that because it has some of the same themes. It's a decent movie, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire is something else. Um, I mentioned it in my letterbox review, but it has one of the many great final ending shots of a movie from this year. And I don't know if I've fully gotten everything I should out of that movie, but I know it's something great. So for that reason, I have it at number six. Um, above that, I have Endgame. Not going to talk about that more. I've already talked about it. Uh, above that, I have Booksmart at number four. Booksmart I've also talked about, but it's amazing. If you haven't already seen it, go see it. Then I have Little Woman at number three. It's an absolutely magical time at the movies. Like, this is... Watching this kind of reminded me of when I saw La La Land for the first time. Because it kind mm -hmm. of reminded me of the power of movies. Like, what they can do to you. Um, so, the cast in that is amazing. Direction is amazing. It's just such a warm movie. It just it's like giving you a, a nice tight hug and i love that about it uh after that we have parasite um just absolute insane filmmaking um it that alone should convince me to go see more foreign films um and then above that i have the lighthouse which i've talked about many times in other episodes but quick spiel here um great lead performances I mean, there's only two of them, but it's still a really amazing movie. Um, it feels so stylistically perfect, and it really deserves to be seen on the biggest screen you can see it on. So uh, with that, I'll let Tyler go on to his top ten. Yeah, solid, uh, solid list, everyone. I'm just going to go through mine really quickly. Um, so at my number ten spot, we got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we've talked a lot about this movie, how amazing it is, um, and I think that that uh, that nothing more needs to be said. Uh, number nine, Good Boys, um, which is a hilarious comedy. Um, highly recommend you see it. Um, saw it in theaters, and I was like laughing the entire time. So, great one. Um, Rocket Man at number eight, um, phenomenal. Irishman at number seven. I actually have Frozen Two at uh, number six. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Andrew. <laughs> um, huge fan. Uh, we've already gone over this with the animated film category. Uh, number five, I've got The Lighthouse. Uh, the Lighthouse, like Sheree said, is one of the best movies of the year, um, and I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed uh, Willem Dafoe's performance. Um, and then in my number four spot, it's uh, Cats. 
Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not. I'm just keeping it on your toes. Oh, that is. Uh, but um, a lot of people might think this is uh, on the same level. I actually had uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, which did not make an appearance on anyone else's list. And if you listen to the last uh, podcast. It was, it was on oh, you know, oh I'm, I'm so sorry. I had, yeah, I, I had it at the sixth spot. Six, okay, yeah, so not quite as yeah. high, but like I was, I was, I was listening for like, um, you know, some some different crazy movie up top. But I was like, okay, you know what? I, I really enjoyed Star Wars, and I think that like the scope of this movie is um, excellent. Uh, and then um, at number three, I've got Midsummer, obviously our, our winner for best picture. Uh, number two is Parasite, and number one for me was Avengers Endgame because this was a whole new uh, movie going experience, and I think that. Uh, just if looking back on what film I will remember for the longest time, I think it will be Endgame from this year. So that's my ranking. Yeah. Um, I guess if you guys want to see our complete rankings from the year, um, the links to our Letterboxd uh, lists and accounts are in the description for the episode. Um, This has been just the first time we've tried doing this uh, kind of award show thing, but we're hoping to keep doing it for future years. Um, but yeah, this has been a pretty fun episode. Um, hopefully, Oscars go a bit better than some of the award season has gone so far. But uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, until then, this has been Double Stuff Cinema. Thanks for listening. Get stuffed.